Okay, I think we're good. <clears throat> we all good? Oh, someone smells louder. good. Like sarsaparilla. It's me. Get in. <laughs> smell me. I'm not going to smell you yes. in front of everyone. Please stop doing that. <laughs> Smelling you is a private thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Wow, those words. <laughs> Are we ready? Yeah, let's uh, Nobody enough with smelling me. Paul's private things. <laughs> Today on the Geek Out podcast, a new gaming handheld is coming, and it has a black and white screen and a, a hand crank. We still haven't shut up about Game of Thrones. We've got some gaming news, including Death Stranding with Norman Reedus. And we saw Aladdin. Will Smith was not the worst part. <laughs> he really wasn't. <laughs> Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. All right, it's Geek Out Podcast, episode 35. We record this on Thursday, May 30th, 2019. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out, Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. I'm DJ Boitano. You can hear me every weekday at 5 o'clock doing the mixtape in the Zone's afternoon show. I'm Paul Blasino. I host that afternoon show. And for the record, this was what I was going to say today anyways for my introduction. I still owe Brian lunch, and I feel hinky about it. I'm so sorry about that. I wasn't going to say anything in the pod. I wanted to save you the embarrassment. No, I, I feel bad because we haven't really found a time. Or like, I don't know. We were always mismatched on our lunch dates or that's whatever true, it yeah. is. Well, none, I really, of us, none of us will forget until it happens. So just that's, just remember it in your own heart. Good. And I want to make sure that I'm the one who's like presenting it. And I'm uh, true to my word. And Plastino always pays his debts and <laughs> take uh, Brian to lunch. And also, I smell like sass. Kirsten? I'm Kirsten James. I am on the weekend zone and I need more caffeine. So today on Bud, Bud's Weekly Geek. Wait, who's that? Oh, that's Luke. He's he's my intern. What's up? <laughs> hey, it's What's Luke. What's up? Luke is shadowing Brian for the week. <laughs> Luke, tell us about yourself. Um, I'm 14. I go to Maria Maria Montessori Academy. Um, and I'm in grade nine. Sweet. Fuck, you're so cool. Oh, yeah. Because right? before this, before we started uh, <laughs> recording, Luke was like, Hi, Kirsten. I'm 14, so you can swear in front of me. <laughs> Which I was like, Is that like 14? Is that just like the, the swearing age? Is that's, that like 14 that's the metric. But yeah. I also love how it was really? directed at you, yeah. Kirsten. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of the greatest thing. It's like every year, fudge, 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 fudge. Fuck! <laughs> I don't care yeah. for when 14-year-olds cuss, though. It's like very obnoxious at the lake when I'm trying to enjoy a quiet time with beers. Wow. Shush, shut up with your cuss words. Get off my lawn! Yeah, really. Like, Wait, is that, come on. Is just like swearing at you? Like, are they like, yeah, are no, they swearing like, at you? No, they're swearing in general. They're at, like they're always at the lake, and they're like, "Fuck, Tommy, stop! Oh my god, just a kid." All so they're stuff. like trying to try it out and see what it sounds yeah, like when they say it. Okay, probably. And it's just like, just wait. It's not that good, and you sound stupid. <laughs> Today on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, this this week on Bud's I Weekly Geek Luke. Out, I talked about this interesting thing called Playdate, which is a new. About three inches wide, three inches square, just over a quarter of an inch uh, thick handheld gaming system that'll be coming out next year. They'll do pre-orders at the end of this year. 200 Canadian dollars. Black and white screen. Hand crank. Also an A button and a B button and a, and a D-pad. But a hand crank. 
Um, what am I paying $200 for if I got to crank this thing myself? Well, not all the games will use the hand crank. There's one game called Kranken's Time Travel Adventure. Wait, sorry, hang on. <laughs> it has a hand crank, but not all the games will use right? the hand crank? Especially right. the ones that are called cranking. cranking. <laughs> like, sorry, I thought that the hand crank was to like power it. Power exactly. It. No, that's that's the that's the twist. Oh, that the hand crank is like a part of the controls yeah. for only some of the games? <laughs> that should be one of the barriers right there. It's like, hello, I'd like to pitch you my game for your new thing. Does it involve a crank? Uh, no. Good Take day, it the Game Boy, fucko! <laughs> Why? So, they'll be releasing a season of 12 games when this thing launches in early 2020, and a new game will come out every Monday, you'll get a little blinking light, and then you'll have a new game that you can play on this one bit, this this black and white, but very like four times the resolution of a Game Boy screen, but then squished back down to that size, so it's going to be very finely detailed. <laughs> And yeah, so I don't know if anybody ever had those Fisher Price things where you put in the movie reel and you turn the crank and and you get to watch the Yeah, but you know that thing cost $20. <laughs> this thing cost 200 US American dollars? It's 2019 or it'll be 2020. People what? spend more for strange things. I'm really excited for one of its launch titles called Jack in the Box 2 Electric <laughs> Jackaboo. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going well. I'm curious about it. Um, nobody else is. Um, that'll I'd be good to see where that um, goes. I'm curious about it, but I'm curious <laughs> in a way where it's just like, this bat can really fuck you up. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a weird animal. This is so stupid. Why? Who's this for? My grandfather? Finally, a crank. Back like what I played with in my day. I mean, I think it's for us just because it's different. The company right. says like... There, nothing is surprising anymore, and surprises are great. That's an actual quote okay. from what they said. And yeah, it's just zagging when everyone else is zigging, black Cranking and white screen. when everyone else is touch screen, pushing buttons. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like, exactly. It's true. Though. I'm like, it doesn't impress me much. To yeah, really, it's like, oh great, another touch screen. I don't want another touch screen. So well, I guess you're not going to get one here. Yeah, is impressive. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's kind of like, it would be like the zone going, you know, turning off oh, our geez. FM signal so you can't get us on the actual radio dial, <laughs> going out to the front parking lot and playing a stereo really loud <laughs> and being, we're zagging while those other guys are zigging. <laughs> it's different. Yeah, Respect us for it? that. For the sake of it. Or more like if we like went to ham radio. Catch yeah. us on ham radio. Ham radio. Citizen Join Band the 14, yeah. <laughs> but taking his shirt off. Oh, whoa. No, no, no. Sorry, his undershirt is skin-colored enough that I thought he was, like, just gearing down. Oh, my God, down. purple. <laughs> Sorry. Every week we sit Sorry. here in this tiny, non-air-conditioned wow. studio, four or five stinky, nerdy bodies, and we spend an hour in here, and frick, man, it gets warm really fast. So listen to this very unimpressive fishing. Yeah, because I got a bottle this Ooh. this week, not a not a can. So that's my that's my pop. This is like a missed opportunity. Play date too? Why are they calling it that? Yeah, good call. Yeah. Why? Okay. Well, that that fails. Yeah. Um, why I call it like crank it up? Or crank, crank, crank it up. Crank it up your crank butt. It up. Crank. Wow. Crank stuff. This is like the first crank time works. that uh, one of your weekly geeko topics has had more of a reception from Dylan and Jason 
Yes, yeah, the geeks absolutely, in absolutely. Wait, and Jason wasn't even this? here this year, Weird. this week. Uh, what do you yeah, mean? Like, were they into it or they were not into it? Oh, either? Jason, uh, Jason wasn't here, but Dylan, th- Dylan was wasn't as curmudgeonly as we were. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, where normally Dylan is the most curmudgeonly. Because you know what else could be called playdate, which is something that you could definitely crank stuff out with. Oh, hang on. Mary's ruining my fucking joke. Hello, everyone. The lunch ladies at reception. The lunch lady is at reception. This is the first lunch Thank lady you. announcement we've had in many, many pods. Though. Thanks, Mary. The uh, schedule has been quite, uh, quite. Uh... So, Kirsten, what's what's the other thing you could call play date that you could crank stuff out with that costs two hundred dollars? Mm. A flashlight. God. Freaking! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a fourteen-year-old in the room, Kirsten. Jeez. I hate you and everything you stand for. Moving on, moving on. Sorry, we are still. <laughs> you went. It took a while. It was a long haul, but you got there. We are still talking about great. Game of Thrones. <laughs> Kit Harrington uh, went into rehab um, shortly before the premiere of the last episode. Apparently, quote end quote. He has decided to utilize his, the, this break in his schedule as an opportunity to spend some time at a wellness retreat to work on some personal issues. This kind of goes back to what I was saying um, last week in our heated argument mm-hmm. about Game of Thrones is that uh, you've got a project like this and you've got, say, you've got the books from George R.R. R. Martin, right, where he can take his time making these books he can make these books the the best that he can if he needs to he can add more chapters and everything like that when it comes to a show as big as game of thrones you know when it becomes as big as it has been people tend to forget that it is a collaborative Mm. right and it is one of those things that takes a lot of people in this actual the last watch uh, documentary that it aired just last week pretty much shows us that it is that a lot of fucking people um work on this show and make the show what it is and blood sweat and and tears level work too yes we would love two or three more seasons so that the story could be you know could be fleshed out a little fast sorry (laughs) the story could be fleshed (laughs) out a little bit more oh god yeah Yeah. but we we want the story to be fleshed out a little bit more that's that's the one thing that was the major complaint about this season it felt too rushed and everything like that what if they went a couple more seasons Kit Harrington has this breakdown, and all of a sudden they have to recast Jon Snow, mm. right? That's it's the curse of television movie productions is that it takes more than one person to make these things. Well, right? but except for that, I heard that um, part of the reason that Kit was having a rough time is because of the uh, the finale. Really? Yeah, like one of uh, the quotes. It's not in the last watch. It's another quote from him saying that um, it was really like emotionally hard for him. Um, after they, after they like wrapped and they took his final scene and everything, and there's a scene in the last watch where he like gives a nice little speech and all that, and he gets a little misty eyed. Mm-hmm. But then he says he goes, and um, you know he's got like a team of costume people or whatever who are taking the Jon Snow costume off of him, Ooh. and they're just like ripping it off unceremoniously. And he said it felt like he was being skinned. Oh. Right, hey, right. So like I, it's Dang. I think it's yeah, it's, it's it's I don't think that this was just like a mental breakdown or whatever that was in the chamber ready to happen at this point regardless. Mm-hmm. I think it really was the ending of the show, mm-hmm. you know, and that happening. So whether it happened now or two or three years from now or four or whatever, um, this was about that. What like predicated this hard time for him was the, the show ending, the show that had become so much a part of his life. And I don't want to blame the dum-dum ding-dongs who signed the petition and all that and all the negative press that the last season got, but mm-hmm. I do wonder how much much 
of that shittiness well, yeah. affected him and contributed to this hard time for Kit. His battle, he's also battling with alcoholism a little bit, right? Yeah. That's what he went to rehab for. You I wonder. You can't not feel that pressure. No, and you, we all kind of know this working in a medium where our, a lot of our creativities, are, are a lot of our personal selves are put out there for, you know, people's entertainment, you know, working in radio, right? And if you ever have a break on the radio and it's not as well received, it does kind of feel like a punch in the gut. Now, imagine a petition is signed for you to redo your break <laughs> wow. because of millions of people that weren't satisfied with it, you know? Yeah, and it really came on his shoulders um, at the end of it, right? Like, as much as it was a gigantic show with a million people in the cast, I mean, right down to the end, it was uh, him and Amelia Harris. Right? Clark. Clark. Clark, sorry. Who was, like, carrying it. There was two stars at the end of this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting watching The Last Watch. I only watched the first hour of it, but, the, like... The, the documentary was as long as an episode of Game of Thrones. I know, and I was Longer. like, why didn't they take this long yeah. to do Game of Thrones? Because, like, I was... An, did you guys watch it all? Yeah. yeah I, I'm halfway through. I'm see, I got an hour in. I was like, I this am also is halfway through. That's and funny. slow, yeah. and, like, I can't watch the rest of this. Like, why didn't you use this time to do something interesting? Like, <laughs> there's another... There's so many shots of, like, like they're like, ooh, look how artsy this shot is. It's a White Walker, but they're getting something from the craft service table. <laughs> yeah, like, kind of. I, I was. I like that. Stuff, I was though. somewhat like that, but I like I being from you know where we're from and knowing how you know the Rock the Shores and Rifflandia get put together and seeing those right. behind the scenes mm-hmm. things. This is that times a hundred, right? Like, yeah. So it, I, I did find those parts interesting and like the people that you never hear about, mm-hmm. the person making the, uh, what is it? The, the, the toddy, the sandwich thing? Oh yeah, <laughs> the, the sandwich. Truck. I don't remember what it was called. She was like hearing about all these people. Yeah, the wee toasty. But yeah, and it's, it's, so it's, it's, I find it interesting. And I like one of the first shots in that, within that first hour, one of the first shots, I think it was within the first five minutes that really got me was somebody printed out a meme in their yes, office yes. and it was uh, the glass slipper not fitting on one of the, the feet. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Slipper. You had like your production schedule versus your... Versus, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the production schedule was a glass slipper and then the story of Game of Thrones the was a giant, giant foot. foot. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I thought that was like, funny too, especially because that was even before they started filming or yeah, doing that anything. Was day, that was before day one. Yeah. What I really liked, one of the people that really stood out to me uh, was the lady that was doing like the the makeup and everything mm-hmm. and when they had done the mummified walkers for the crypt scene yeah and she was nervous she was so nervous because she heard Benioff and Weiss were going to be there oh. to like view the because it's the first time they'd ever done like mummified white walkers and she was so nervous and she was freaking out she's like oh my god I just hope that they like me I just want them to have a moment where they all high five me and tell me great job and you've done so Aww. well yeah. and then there's this moment where they're like screen testing and they have ten of them standing there and Pennyoff and Weiss come out and she's like in the background she's like do, do they like do they them? Like it? I don't I don't know I mean they're not they're not saying anything bad and they never even like talk to her to be like good yeah. job and that's like one of those things like that one tiny part in this huge show and she's nervous if people are gonna like these crypt walkers right. and like it's those people 
going back to the petition that like yes it's going to affect Amelia Clark and Kit Harrington but like those other people that work on the show yeah. like they're affected by it too like the directors she, the, she had to Skype with her kids every like, night yeah. she, yeah. she had to leave she was oh. like this was never the plan because her and her husband own the, the company that did all of the makeup they got this contract which was really interesting and like she she has to stop the interview because she's like this is never meant to happen that she has no parents with her and then yeah. she like she goes I, I have to I'll go to check out a stuntman or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it, yeah, like people's worlds were ripped apart for seven years, eight years to do this show. Um, and that's the thing some people don't remember. The well, North, that, the North remembers. Why, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> this is why, yes, I can understand why they would want to not cut this short, but like maybe move on. You know, well, it's such right. a big undertaking. So when yeah. I stopped watching um, the the last watch, like within the hour, was when that ranty lady started coming on, and she was, I guess, like a production designer or something like that, and she was so pissed off, and she was like, "This show, like, it's a good thing it's ending. This is the end of it. Like, blah blah." Because blah. I guess her contract, like, you know, HBO, or whoever was like, "Here's how much money we're gonna pay you." For Game of Thrones, and I guess by the end of it, it wasn't enough money. Right. And oh, like, she so worked she, longer than that. She it was long hours, mm. really hard, and like so she was pissed, and she's like, "This show can't get any bigger. This is ridiculous." Like mm. that's where I stopped watching. I was like, "Okay, Ranty lady, I'm going to bed now." <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, it's like it proved a, a couple of things that we have been always saying about how there was a bit you know too much crammed into the last season here but i think it was a really important reminder too of like how hard people did work on it and just you know it's like you kind of often say it brian but it's more of like a like check your privilege thing don't mm-hmm. be bitch whining about these things and i am gonna keep it in mind when we get to aladdin in a little bit here <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know because like it is i think it's really fair to make criticisms of art and stuff like that um, but I don't know. I just think that um, some of the criticisms about the last season of Game of Thrones were not fair, and they were they were, came from like an emotional place. And again, I'll say it as like from a place of like not really understanding, yeah. right, what Game of Thrones is and how it operates and why it's effective and why it's good. And I kept thinking about this um, in the last week or so since we've talked about Game of Thrones again. It's like imagine if. Ned Stark getting beheaded was the end of Game of Thrones. Imagine mm. that was the big twist, right? And then it was just over. That's the story. Mm. This hero that you grew up with or that you've come to know through the story um, ends up getting betrayed and very unsatisfyingly is beheaded. You be fit to be tied, right? Yeah. It's only because those book readers knew there were six more books coming, that this was just the start of something. It was only because... Um, it's like, you know, as TV watchers, we knew there was more coming to it and this was just getting things started. But again, it like the ending is very consistent with how the story is overall. Um, the more I think about it, the more every single character ending made good sense, good narrative sense. And then when you marry that with the technical achievement that was putting off and pulling off this incredible spectacle where every single episode was really something else, whether it was like a slow talky episode and the dialogue was actually quite good this season. Mm-hmm. Okay. And pretty satisfying the way people ended their arcs with each other mm-hmm. as well as like the action set pieces were unfucking believable and you know movie level and eclipsing most major motion pictures actually in how good they looked like you have to give it up for this last season and I won't hear any more of this last season is bad bullshit I won't hear it no <laughs> not, right. not without your critiques not without your asterisks not yeah we all can agree that the there were that things but as long as there's an asterisk to un- to make people know like or to you know show that you understand a lot of work did go into yeah. this yes. i if if you know 
if they in a perfect world things could change yeah of course i would love to see this a little bit more i'd love to see a little bit more of this fleshed out you know all that kind of stuff yeah but i understand and that's why i just say the curse of television is right. not an apologist thing no. <laughs> you well, know even, it's just even george R. R. martin said that though he came out and he was like i get it they they didn't have the time yeah. they didn't have you know what they didn't have another two seasons in them i'm fine with how it ended yeah. yes i myself george R. R. martin would have loved them to have another two or three seasons mm-hmm. especially yeah. cuz they caught up to the books yeah. but uh, but he was fine with it like, yeah and that's he's he's the one that said like it, and if, really, He's story. the one that needs to be impressed. Like it's exactly. his story. Yeah. I think uh, even if these last two seasons were ten instead of six episodes each, that would have given things a little more time to yeah. breathe. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it right. would have. And the more I think about it, too, and I wish Art was here right now to tell me I'm wrong because he would disagree with this mightily. I'm. I'm oh, yeah, we never said Art wasn't here. Yeah, Art's oh, not here. Because <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, you might not even notice that he wasn't here. No, oh, don't, don't say, say that. that. <laughs> And Dad. our <laughs> beloved Art is out. Uh, he is Aaron's. He didn't errands. quit because of last week. <laughs> He's his crotch. I should also. Cream. I should really also want to apologize because I thought he did say. I genuinely thought he said we deserve better, but he said we should expect better. Right. I like how you guys are so nice. You apologist. I'm an apologist. Yeah, I'm apologizing. You're an art now. apologist now. So, so um, let me. I can hear Art, and I can see his uh, disdainful look as he would hear me <laughs> say this, but. You know, with the the view of hindsight now, you know, um, I would say that the last season of Game of Thrones holds up a little bit better as an ending than even Endgame to the Marvel Universe. Oh, Ooh. Ooh. oh. oh. Yes. yeah, okay. Because okay. like, the more I think about it, the more Endgame was a fine movie and all it was really great. And I had so fun watching it, but as a movie, Infinity War is better. And what Endgame did that impressed us all so much was just, you know, fan service. ladle fan service down our throats, yeah. which is lovely and which is what you want from superhero movies, yeah. I get. But as a more adult viewing experience, no. Game of Thrones is more satisfying, I think. And, that, and that's what I was saying about uh, Dylan Wilkes, who he sends us trailers all the uh, time. Dylan Wilkes is he's like great. Me. He's phenomenal. Yeah. His, he's probably given me the best review of, of Endgame in that he said... If you're a fan of Marvel and if you're a fan of the MCU, 10 out of 10. If you're just a regular movie watcher, mm. 7. Mm. Right. Mm. Whereas by that same scale, yeah. he likely would have given Infinity War, what, like a 9? Probably. Right? Because Infinity yep. War just works as, on as, so you many know, levels. Infinity yeah. War yeah. as a casual movie watcher, yeah, right. 9. On its yeah. own, yeah. yeah. Have we shut up about Game of Thrones for this episode? I think think so satisfied mm-hmm. yeah let's keep it with the small screen the um maybe we'll do next week when art's back we'll do an arts corner <laughs> yeah that's a good idea, I listen to a good idea. look forward to it because okay. really like these things do kind of marinate in your brain a little longer and i've had like a ton of thoughts since even last week when we yeah. kind of oh yeah know, dissected it and i completely expected there would be more game of thrones chat um of course i just want to cut it off now so <laughs> i would yeah i would just love to hear what art does have to say kind of in a little bit of hindsight if he's <laughs> had a Snickers and a nap and changed his mind <laughs> oh, at all. Jesus. He was very tired that day. Yeah. Uh, the third and final season of Jessica Jones will be coming on June 14th. We had the smallest of trailers. We know nothing, Jon Snow, about uh, this show, but Brian, you, you had a good question. Well, it's like my question to everyone is, is this going to be worth watching knowing its fate? It's ultimate fate that it's 
So did they know when they were making the show that it was had been canceled or it had no. been okay? So no. they didn't. All right. Yeah. Okay. When you say it's Ultimate Fate, so it's done on Netflix. It's done on Netflix. I don't know. I I don't know though if it's gonna get picked up by Disney Plus, but like Marvel's already started selling off like the Daredevil costume and oh. all the props <laughs> and stuff. So doesn't look like it. Maybe it can get picked up by Hulu since like Hulu's doing a um, a Ghost Rider show. Oh. Um, but yeah, we we really don't know at this point. Well, I wonder. Because you never really know what the like ratings for Netflix shows are. You just kind of know Netflix is happy with the show, or they cancel it. Yeah. Well, they, I think their metrics are um, uh, initial views or initial right. streams. Right. right. So like in that first week or that opening weekend, how many people streamed it? And those numbers were declining for these Netflix shows or for right. these Marvel shows. Right. Um, I and I I stand by the thought that it's because. It's such a slog to try to get through through 13 episodes that they draw right. out, right? Unlike Game of Thrones, I wish they would compress this yeah. one. Yeah. Right. You know? Like, I still haven't watched The Punisher. No, and it's The Punisher's great. It sort of falls off in the middle because it falls victim to the, well, we got to fill 13 episodes here, uh, right? Yeah. You know, like... That makes it tough to watch. Yeah. So I wonder if Netflix will share those metrics with, say, Disney or whoever. Just as even, I mean, they're probably not, probably not chummy with Disney at this yeah. point. Who took all that stuff from them, all that content? But um, if I was Disney, I would be very interested to know what those metrics and ratings are, so that they be, could be like, oh, Jessica Jones does have an audience. It might behoove us if we're looking to make more content. Maybe we make a fourth season and we just carry on as if, you know, just just fund it like Netflix did and just run it. Yeah. I did also like that, uh, love that um, uh, Marvel Netflix uh, meme where it's all the defenders there and they're all in a room and it's like, any minute now, guys, this portal's going to open. Oh, yeah. Any no. minute, guys. Oh, that's so sad. I know. It's so sad. Like, that would have been so cool. Oh, I remember seeing like two years ago a poster for, uh, it was either Infinity or, or Infinity War or Endgame. Um, and it was a fake poster, but it had like all of the defenders' names on it. Oh, yeah. nice. um, and I was like, "Whoa! Like they're gonna do this like huge put television." Everybody like, in there, and that would have been amazing. But then we would have had fifty-two main characters to contend <laughs> with. Yeah. We Fair got enough. we got Jarvis in Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I so put put in put a pin in that for later because there is some. Oh, maybe just for right now. Uh, sorry, bud. Continue on here because there is something Netflixy that has got me all tickled. Is it the next thing on this list? Yet? Yeah, I think okay, it is, yeah. yeah. I want to. Yeah, I was just we're just to do one more small screen thing, and then we're going to jump to the big screen. But uh, just this morning, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance trailer dropped. This is a prequel series coming to Netflix, um, modeled after the uh, the movie The Dark Crystal. And I hype. What about y'all? I hype. Well, yeah, you know what? I wasn't ever really that much of a fan of uh, the Dark Crystal. Uh, I knew about it. Um, and I like Jim Henson stuff. And uh, the thing that I'm hyped about with this trailer is that a lot of the things that Jim Henson brought to it, like the puppetry and everything, it feels like it's not only kept, but it's enhanced. Yeah. This was the thing that kind of blew me away the most watching this with uh, our friend uh, right through this wall, Darren. Mm. We watched this together for the first time and it's just, and I came out of it. I'm just like, that was so not CGE. Yeah, that it yeah. blew my mind. It just it looks so natural and puppeteering and handheld and had all of the the charm and that that feel of the movie 
And I love that about it. And it was just, it was mind boggling because I was like, how can I see a Jim Henson puppet? Jumping off of walls yeah, and like climbing yeah, out of the that ceiling. So cool. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was like my first thought when, when you showed me the trailer this morning. I was just like, I fucking love that this is all practical effects. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, like, this is what I want. I don't want crazy movie, whatever, George Lucas prequel. I want practical effects and it looks so fucking good and also terrifying. Yeah. Because what the fuck was going on in the 80s with movies? Right, right? Wait, yeah, like, some pretty... The Dark Crystal yeah. is Oh, a I have uh, an answer to that, Kristen, real quick. It's called Cocaine. <laughs> yeah, like that this is the only answer for these movies in the 80s. Like, can you imagine trying to show The Dark Crystal to your children now? Like, would you let your children watch The Dark Crystal? No. See, I no, was, no, I could, no, I was never allowed it. And I remember on a sleepover at someone else <laughs> house, we started it without their parents knowing. Oh, this would dear. have been in like the mid nineties, and we turned it off. Me and my buddy, it's I remember terrifying. because it was terrifying. Dark Crystal, terrifying. But, Never ending but, story, terrifying. The labyrinth, terrifying. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. I, uh, the I just, nothing? I know. I just, but I know what. As an adult now, the I'm darkening. So- <laughs> they take a scary word and put an angle in it. The dark crystalling. And then a guy melts or something like that. That's what I remember so about the dark crystal. A guy melts. Oh, yeah, he totally melts. That's when uh, I was like, nope, nightmares. Turn off, please. The mystics and the mystics and the Skeksis are, are joined. So there's a, there's an equal number of the good guys and the bad guys. And, and when the mystic dies, he just fades away. And when the Skeksis dies, he falls apart piece by piece, oh like and all like, of his. And it's all practical. Yeah, terrifying. and so you can see it, and the sound design is ugh. so brilliant. I just checked, and the original <laughs> movie is on Crave and Netflix and mm-hmm. iTunes right now. So I think that's my weekend homework is I'm going to watch the original really for the first <laughs> time ever. I was going to yeah. say, did you ever finish watching it? Never. Sleepover. No, I'm like so as an adult, I'm going to watch it because this trailer's got me, like you say, bud, super hyped for all these practical effects reasons and also I really enjoy that as much as this does a little bit smell of you know like what else have we got what else can we make a TV show out of that we have the rights to right rather than thinking of something original this was a when it first came out very original idea and I get Mm -hmm. it it's kind of like the Gelflings are kind of elves and the Skeksis are kind of what, like orcs or monsters or uh, vulture creatures or whatever, but that's pretty original. That's a pretty unique idea, and I know it's all like magic and mysticism and whatever, but there's some cool stuff going on there Yeah, that maybe because it was too fucky for the 80s yeah. so. didn't find a big audience because it's like not for children but adults have got work to do because they gotta buy all that cocaine so like <laughs> <laughs> um, this is interesting now in 2019 when we're all a bunch of uh, grown man babies that we'll have time for the Dark Crystal in our lives and I'm stoked for it <laughs> after think, we watch it for the first time without pure trauma right yeah. and I think too what's neat about the uh, practical effects versus the digital and whatever too it's like um, there, it's very. It's, it feels from this trailer that they're all very aware of like what you do because I'm sure there was someone who was like, "Well, we can put some CGI stuff in it, you guys," and and they were like, "No, yeah. the point of this mm-hmm. is the nostalgia. It's mm-hmm. not just the story and the characters that we're doing here. It's also the feel yeah. of the movies, which I I don't know. I'm gonna call that like the Force Awakens effects or something like that. That that now finally film producers understand it's the feel of 
of a franchise and how it looks and or not the Terminator, just dark the concepts. Fate. Yeah. But bless, because <laughs> we as human beings, our eyes are pretty good. We can pick that stuff out, and right. that's why we don't like it when it's too third-act CG or too uncanny valley. The voice cast in Age of Resistance is stacked and i'm not really into the whole celebrity voice cast thing mm. um but this it's also a, a pretty big cast so we got uh taron egerton <gasps> as taron egerton is like my favorite yeah yeah he's he was in kingsman the secret service oh yeah uh, he's gonna be elton john in the rocket man that's right too yeah he'll be the main character uh, mark's down at the bottom of the list mark strong who was also in kingsman and was the bad guy in shazam he is in this oh. simon Pegg is in this cool. uh eddie izzard <gasps> Jason, Jason Isaacs, Isaacs. Sweet. Mark Hamill, who, of course, you know, course. most people oh. will know as Luke Skywalker, but who also is a phenomenal voice actor. Most Hello, will know Joker. Cock knocker. What? <laughs> That's okay. Cock knocker. <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob, yeah. back. Oh, right. Oh, so thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Natalie Dormer, Helena bon- Bonham Carter. Th- there oh. is a huge amount of star power in this, but I am hoping that it's, you know, done well and. Like Mark Hamill, using his abilities as an actor, not using their voices because, you know, he sounds like Simon Pegg or she sounds like Helen Bonham Carter, that kind of thing. So, yeah, impressive lineup of, of actors. Helen Bonham Carter, Carter is going to be like a Xerxes, right? A Skeksis, probably. Skeksis. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Witch lady. Yeah. yeah, so that's all we know about it. Um, coming when? I had it written down. I don't August know. August. Thank you. 20th, 20th or 30th? Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, down. That'll be exciting. Homework this weekend. Watch it. Let's all watch the original. Done. Um, Popping up to the big screen, we have uh, a little bit of Marvel news. First, the Falcon and Winter Soldier series, which we, you know, we know is happening. It seems that uh, Helmet Zemo, am I saying that right? Zemo? Zemo? Mm -hmm. Zemo, From Civil War. And Sharon Carter, which is a descendant of Peggy Peggy Carter from Winter Soldier and also Civil War, will be in this series. Wait, sorry. When we say big screen... Wait, is that this is this a movie? Oh, no, sorry, no, 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 no I'm right. Sorry. We're still small screen. We're still small screen. We're still small screen. Yeah, but it falls within. It's like TV shows yeah. made from characters. No, that I just, I didn't know. Screen. I was like, oh, I no, you're right. A sorry, movie. this is a TV show. So small screen, small screen. Yeah. Which is exactly what's got me worried here. I don't think it's the, uh, always the characters that kind of like shoes me away from these TV shows. It's the smaller budget and the drawn out storyline. Smaller budget though? How do we know? Because uh, mm. this is Disney. Mm. So if they can get... Yeah, if, look what Game of Thrones did. If they can get yeah. all sorts of, you know, char- like actors to come in to like do a Loki series, to do, um, what is it, WandaVision. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But this yeah. is what I'm worried about is is the budget because, yes, they have WandaVision and they mm-hmm. have the Loki series and we have the Mandalorian and we have Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like, that's a lot of big budget projects, and I get that they're Disney and they have a lot of money, but that's, like, spreading it really thin. Yeah. So it, it is, but they're Disney and they have a lot of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My concern is less about the budget. <gasps> Sorry. What? Oh, I just, uh, my mind, I was like, Disney, and then I was like, Galaxy's Edge opens tomorrow, and I got excited. Oh, my <laughs> yeah, goodness. Right. That is exciting. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, my concern is less about the budget, because it's Disney, and more about what you said and what you always say. Uh, what you said, Paul, and what you always say, Curzon, is what's the runtime? Because these things could be very unnecessarily drawn out for the sake of filling your standard core, your I think, standard isn't season. There, isn't there an episode 
run or they they have an amount of episodes oh, that really? the, all oh, these shows they? are ordered for. I think they're like six episodes or something. I feel like See, what they're be great. doing six would be great. Yeah, yeah, I feel like what they're doing is they're kind of taking all the properties, they're putting six episodes out there, and they're going to find out which is the most popular. Yeah. Obviously, not WandaVision. <laughs> it's going to get no, canceled. Um, we'll oh, see. Yeah, that might be okay. Set hey. in the like, wait, what is it again? It's like set in the seventies. People still like, like oh rom coms. It, it's <laughs> the style of the seventies, or I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. I okay. I foresee two real paths that these all of these shows could go down. The American path. Let's just say the traditionally broadcast television American path, which mm. is keep cranking out episodes far beyond when the quality is good. Yep. Keep it going until it becomes unprofitable. Or the British path, which is two seasons and a Christmas special, and done. <laughs> oh, Christmas right? special! Yes! We gotta do that. That could be good. So true. Like so, a Marvel Christmas special? Yeah. Yeah. Falcon and Winter. Yeah, they try. Wait, no, I don't know. I was trying to think of something with Winter Soldier. Make it Christmassy. Oh, and the, soldier. the Christmas soldier. soldier. The seasonal, seasonal soldier. soldier. Yeah, see, they Got tried that. non denominational. They tried that in the Star Wars days. Didn't work out too well for them. So, <laughs> so, so which is it going to be in both? By the way, both is kind of a depressing prospect when you're looking at these characters because it's like either they go on forever and ever and we watch as the Winter Soldier and you know uh, Anthony Mackie get old not interested or the other one is that like they do one or maybe two seasons and then these actors are like oh I don't want to play these characters forever thank you goodbye mm. and then that's it we've got the two seasons and it's over and then Disney Plus is like what else can we make a TV show out of because we launched super hot while the MCU was hotter than hell and with all these characters and all these shows but now what now what do we do you know like call it two three seasons from now so wait I and have a question scrambling what else can we milk a TV show <laughs> Of. Disney has a huge catalog, and again, yeah, we'll get to Aladdin later. Um, but Brian, mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Um, so, this Falcon and Winter Soldier is this? I guess spoiler alert: is this happening? Why, by the way, uh, Luke here hasn't seen Endgame. Uh-oh. Oh, oh. For so the love of I'm going to give what? you one more chance. If you oh, if you want to walk out of the room for this, he said he's fine. Yes. Okay. Okay. All so right. I send him to fetch me lunch. <laughs> no, 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 you're not going to do that. Is this is this series set when Falcon ha- is Captain America, or is it set before that happens? I believe this is after the events of Endgame. So, so. it's, but it's not called Captain America: and The Winter Soldier. No, but it could. Ch- those things could change. Uh, and this could be the transition. This could be the gateway to the next MCU movie hmm. about the next Captain America. And that's see, and this is my hope hmm. for this. My hope is that they're going to be smart about this, and that this is just another avenue for moving the story forward, so that. It'll be that kind of in between. So the next time maybe we see Falcon in a in a future MCU movie, he's already progressed to that mm, Captain America so we don't level. Have to see all the but this, crap. yeah, this is maybe going to be about Falcon or Winter Soldier further training Falcon to be, you know, to to live up to that mantle or whatever, right? And it's just a one-off story, and not having to have season one and season two and season three, and then mm-hmm. oh, it's fucking dead because nobody yeah. cares anymore. Isn't it weird though that he gave Falcon? Again, the the shield because he doesn't have any superpowers. Like, like it. He did it, take down that big ogre in Endgame with yeah, but, his wings. Yeah, but like, if he doesn't have the suit, then like he's he's <laughs> he's just a dude. He's yeah. just a dude. That's like, what uh, the Falcon though was uh, up against in um, the comic run when he, when he became uh, when he became Captain America. He was dealing with a lot of one racism. And then two um, people thinking, well, he's he doesn't have superhero, he doesn't have the serum or whatever. Yeah, but he was a little bit more superpowered in that he could talk to birds too. So, 
He seriously could. He seriously could. He used what was it? He used like his ability to communicate with birds to find somebody significant. Oh, and take down this daughter. bad guy. Yeah. Hashtag Encyclopedia <laughs> so, Britannica. Awesome. Wow. I'm surprised that wasn't every single issue. It was like the president's daughter is missing. Again. <laughs> he actually <laughs> has one. Where is it, bird? Falcon's <laughs> Falcon version of Red Wing in the MCU is this drone. Yeah. Right. And in in comics, it's an actual bird. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> That's very dumb. I'll, I'll say this though, for one, uh, it's it's it is a you know like I don't have high hopes for any of these shows, and that's unlikely that I'll watch any of them. But I am stoked that with Disney Plus, we've got all these properties and all these TV shows all being controlled out of the same war room. You know, like that we've always talked about yep. the same planning that goes into the MCU now uh, has threads, and you know I'm sure it was that way before too with like Netflix and NBC doing the Agents of Shield and whatever. But that's where but you still you still have to call a different war room. Hi, it's it's Marvel War Room, just calling uh, the NBC Marvel hey. Division War Room, right? And it's just like it's still a little bit splintered. This is all together. It's very splintered actually now. Like oh, the really? NBC oh, especially because a Do lot. You guys of, mean ABC? ABC is the Disney ABC. One. Sorry, yeah. ABC. Sorry. Um, um, so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. did have pretty much direct relation kind of in one one motion, like not never from the movies back to the show. Right. But they, the show always directly correlated to what was happening in the movies. So that's why I remember when we went to see Winter Soldier, you're like, what the fuck is going to happen to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now? Right. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. got fucking better oh. after Winter Soldier happened because the storyline tied into Winter Soldier and made it that much there's a lot more stakes and stuff added to it whereas before it was like let's clean up after the mess that Thor made right. in London you know right. and so it, it wasn't it, it stopped becoming that and then furthered the, the plot a little bit more whereas now and I do believe it is splintered uh, it's run by uh, Jed and Joss Whedon who you know Joss Whedon was you know the director for Avengers and Age yep. of Ultron um but they are no longer really talking so much to the you know to the producers of like the movies and stuff that now this season have you seen any of this season of Agents of Shield? No, I have not. It's no, fucking no, weird. I don't Is know it, if I like it. I like I know there's like an evil Coulson and I just I, the oh, concept. No. Yeah, really they're like I think the only thing that maybe kind of ties in <laughs> The only thing that maybe kind of ties into um, the MCU is the multiverse theory and, like, kind of multiple universes. And I guess this version of Coulson is from a different universe but still has the same DNA as Coulson. Um, <laughs> but, like, they, they ignored the snap. Oh, my you God. Know, what? what? Yeah. Oh. So, like, apparently, like, to, to them, the, the snap either hasn't really happened or what they they in the season finale or in one of the finale episodes of last season they reference what was happening in New York when um, in Infinity War when the aliens came to New York and they uh, kidnapped Doctor Strange yeah. yeah they referenced that a little bit by just saying have you seen what's going on in New York and oh, then the other characters like I can't watch the news right now my mind is focused on the one stupid thing that we're focused on <laughs> right like it, Damn. so it, it seems like they've kind of completely splintered it a lot more and it, it like it's brought down the quality of the show definitely shame. this season Real shame. which is a shame because that show was fucking badass in its, mm -hmm. its heyday so well shall we jump to the big screen yeah let's talk Aladdin who uh 
who saw it here? Art, Art, Art's hand is up in spirit. He saw yes. it. Brian, Paul, Kirsten, just it. Okay, so everybody but me saw it. So I'm going to take a step back and uh, tell me what you guys thought of Aladdin. <sighs> Paul, you want to go first? <laughs> I walk. Okay, so I sat there and I didn't. Wait, do we start with what you want to start with? Our out of ten? Because I'm going to. No, 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 no. Out of ten. Uh, that's at the end. Let's do it at the end. <laughs> Let me, Apparently, let me that's at the you. end, Brian. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell that's you the story at the end. first. This is a thing. Numbers are boring. Um, the I sat there reserving judgment until the very end of the movie, <laughs> and and then I like looked up, and Caleb, our friend, who has been a guest on this pod, stormed out of the theater, <laughs> okay? Had a look on his face, and I was like, yeah... And it took me from getting. I finished. <laughs> so he saw what Caleb. Are you in the telling movie. me that no, you had no opinion? No, 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 no. It's just like it needed to congeal, and Caleb's face helped that. And so, and it wasn't even done then. And then I had to look under my seat after the lights came on because I dropped my phone at a bunch of change in the <laughs> comfy th- seat theater Jeez. seats. You're, you're like George Costanza in the middle of the movie over there. Like, <laughs> it was so loud. Like I was looking over. I was like, "Who's this fucking loser spilling his fucking change everywhere?" It <laughs> and it was Paul. Thank you. That was me. Uh, and then I had to walk out of the theater, and then I think I rocked a pee, and then I like went down the spirally thing <laughs> all while this is congealing review. in my brain. And then I walked out, and the phone, the first thing that came out of my mouth when I locked eyes with Caleb out on the street and saw all you guys again was, what a mess. What a fucking mess this thing was. And I really did. Like, I wanted to like it. I wanted to enjoy this the whole way through. I'm watching it. I'm just like, okay, Aladdin. Yes, okay. The genie's there. Oh, Will Smith is kind of good. Okay. Oh, where is really shoehorned that Princess Jasmine song in there for no reason? Okay. Oh, yeah. And then, it, and then, like, <laughs> as a whole, as a whole, when the whole thing just settled in my brain, what a fucking mess. You're really reserving yourself here because you and Caleb were like in a screaming match on Yates and Douglas, like when we went and saw it on Tuesday. Like I think people thought you were breaking up. I did throw his Letterman pin back at it. Um, I'm just I'm just breaking this up. I don't want to go for too long. And so like, now, Kirsten, you talk. <laughs> I like I liked it. Like I, I won't say that I loved it. Um, I would definitely say wait for it to be released on video to go see it. I mean, or go see it on Cheap Tuesday. Like, paying eight bucks and sitting in a comfy seat to go see that, I was okay with that decision. Um, You know, I thought Will Smith did the best job that he could do. I don't think he was bad, but, I mean, to even fathom coming in and taking over for Robin Williams, like, for any actor to come in and do that... Like, kudos to him, you know, because it was a hard, huge shoes to fill. I think he did a great job, and the thing that he did, which was a the right choice was in the way that Robin Williams like injected himself into that genie originally that genie was a, like a lot of just Will Smith rather than Will Smith trying to do an impression of Robin Williams I disagree I feel like it could have been more like I f- here, been. here yeah. was my problem um, and please Brian jump in uh, if you agree or disagree but like my problem with <laughs> Will Smith's genie was it was not enough Will Smith like what mm. they did they dialed back the Robin Williams thing so we didn't have like the the voices which made the genie so good like all the little voices he threw in all the time mm-hmm. instead of doing that he he didn't do those voices and then he had one beatboxing like <laughs> like one beatboxing thing I wish like and all of the genie songs were like um, tempoed back like one or two 
like a bit slower. So he could wrap them. But but he didn't wrap them, and that's yeah. the thing is I'm like yeah. like you He's have Will still. Smith, who's like this this hip hop artist, like have him like rap some of the genie's songs, like that's. Like change the songs more instead of just taking out Robin Williams' inflections and his um, amazing impressions. Put more Will Smith into it and have him rap some shit. Really funny because at the end of the movie, I was watching the I was watching the movie. I watched an hour before you guys, and I was with my family. And at the end of it, I kind of leaned over and I was like, oh, this sounds like, uh, just jokingly, I was like, this sounds like a DJ Khaled version of Friend Like Me. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> one second later, you hear, DJ Khaled! <laughs> awful. That was oh awful. But if that. there was a little bit more of that, of like, say, Will Smith putting his own Fresh Prince flair yeah, on yeah. Friend Like Me, mm-hmm. it would have been a little bit more satisfying. They could have it down and done like a, like a put a little rap in the middle like yeah. whatever so let me say then let me recant what I said that where the genie succeeds it's because they uh, Will Smith was injecting himself into it rather than impressioning Robin Williams where it could have done more I agree with you guys is that he should have been more also too like a little bit of the genie's performance was um, sassy gay friend and I didn't pick that up. Yeah, there's a little bit of that, and I was, I, I, I was like, no, nah, I picked up hitch. Oh, I right? guess, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah when he's when he's doing the, his clothes, yeah. and he's like, no, I made you like that, yeah. right? Yeah. And I was like, eh, okay, I could go with a little bit more, just like genie or or Will Smith, hitch, whatever. Then yeah. yes, like sassy friend there. Um, okay, then let me, Brian, do you want to talk more about if, what your impressions were? Because I'm ready to shit on it, but I just you can shit. On, I like <laughs> look. If I were to do the salt, the the rating out of ten, I'd probably give it a solid six. In that, I didn't hate it. I mm-hmm. just thought it was fine. Yeah, probably because my expectations were tempered or maybe even lowered by all the shit that they put out beforehand. Uh-huh. Right. Um, the the cave scene, like the the initial seeing Will Smith in the cave, that met my expect my low expectations mm-hmm. as far as like mm-hmm. that scene really didn't get me, and I was like, okay. Here we go, and it was like the breath was like, okay, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be dealing with for, with this for about an hour and a half. Right, um, it was like two hours long. It was two the hours. Original yeah. movie is like an hour and a half. What That's why, yeah, fucking half an hour of so, Jasmine singing. Was Jasmine singing that part? You know that part. Each. That part was like I was I was not sold by Will Smith, and it was like, yeah, okay, this is what I knew was mm. gonna happen, and then it just got. You know, he got better after that. It, it just started to incline and, and sort of surpass my expectations. Especially even like I found it weird that the week before the movie got released, they released that small clip of Prince Ali of him yeah. doing Prince Ali. Yeah, and that was we weird. Were, we were shitting on that yeah. in the podcast, and it felt like you know, it felt like a Disney parade mm-hmm. instead of yeah. like a big grandiose scene in the in like in the animation. But it feels like they showed the very worst part of that song because it's like when I watched it in the theater, I was like, oh, it's not that bad. No, that was a great you part. Know, of the actually. beginning was great. Yeah. It had that part where we've already seen, which was like, okay. And then when it uh, kind of ramped up near the end, I was like, oh, yeah. That was pretty good. It built. You know, it built up. Yeah, it's great. So, you know, I think. Maybe they did that on purpose. It was like, let's show you the shittiest parts of this movie, and then <laughs> let's let you in with the, the lowest expectations yeah, possible. Because that's kind of how I felt. I was like, I think I just had really low expectations for this. That I just thought, 
you know, it was fine. Yeah. I'd probably, when it comes out on Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever, I'll, I'll probably throw, throw it on it again. again yeah. And my kids, who were too scared to see the, or to, to finish the uh, animated version were of Were they? Yeah. Don't like, shut The fucking Dark Crystal. Wow. Yeah, well, no kidding. Kian, like, as soon as Aladdin meets Jafar, but like the homeless uh, in disguise version of Jafar yes. and and goes to the Cave of Wonders, he's like, I, I don't want to watch this because he was scared of that guy. Oh, whoa. Um, so I was like, I was nervous because I hadn't seen you know the live action version before, so I didn't know where to tell him to. Oh, it's right, going to be scary right. here. Okay. But he loved it. Okay. Oh, okay. There's so many pins I want to put on what you're saying. Okay. Okay. Number one, uh, Kirsten likes to uh, act like uh, Caleb and I were just breaking up on the corner of Douglas and Yates, but she was in that polyamorous relationship too, yelling with us, because (laughs) you also were yelling some things, and the thing that you yelled about was... Jasmine's uh, song. I think wasn't that well, Art told me that you hated that no what were you yelling about it was I something that remember. Brian just touched on too oh shit I can't okay well then let, me, let me come back to that but fucking Jasmine's song though like that uh, that song like it did not fit no. it didn't fit no. who the fuck wrote that song like this isn't Tim Rice was Tim Rice uh, this this movie I think no so. it was uh, it was too, actually the, the guys that wrote that song were like did they Grammy, write the Tony fucking Frozen music? Because, like, yeah, what the fuck was that? They wrote some pretty big things. It didn't but, fit. It didn't fit. It did not fit the theme of no, the movie, and I don't no. like it. Um, okay, well, you were saying, that's very interesting, Brian, mm-hmm. about how Keen was scared of the animated Jafar, but not of the uh, live-action Jafar, because that's one of the major things about this Jafar. Everyone made a big deal when they first announced him, and they, we saw our look, like, what a glow-up, and he, what, a handsome Jafar? It doesn't matter whether he's handsome or, like, g- grotesquery or whatever, like he is in no, the No, he cartoon. sucked compared to cartoon he Jafar. he sucked. He was not yeah, no. scary. He was not villainous. Yeah. His whole thing was like, I want to invade other places. Like, what? Who gives a shit? You watch the original um, animated one, and his ambition is to, like, become Sultan mm-hmm. and be powerful. That's enough ambition. That's enough of a motivation. You believe that throughout the story. They yes. did these things where they're like, ooh, we need to adultify this movie and these motivations and these things. Things, but when you actually watch back the original and the cartoon, the motivations and the character arcs make more sense thematically and cinematically than these more adult ones. You had 20 years to punch up the script. Yeah. And the, oh, this is what you were saying, Kirsten, is that the fault lies with Guy Ritchie. Yeah, it's Guy this Ritchie's fault. Was it is, a fuck yeah. it, Genie, he did the best as could. The guy who played Aladdin I thought was great. Jasmine was great. Jafar was miscast. But... The fault lies really here with Guy Ritchie. He fucked this up. He whatever punch ups he did to the original scripts or changes he made took the teeth out of it. And then as well, he like didn't have a big grandiose finishing. And this was my big. And this is why I think it took me really to the end of the movie for it really to bother me. Was that in the original animated movie, you have uh, Jafar. Is he's like Sultan for a while? It takes mm-hmm. Aladdin a while, right? This is what happens. Jafar gets the lamp. He claims himself Sultan, and then he or a sorcerer, and then he shoots Aladdin to the ends of the world, right? Remember mm-hmm. that? It takes Aladdin a while to get back from the ends of the earth. And in that time, Jafar sets himself up as sultan and sorcerer. He, like, moves the palace up onto the cliff or something. Like, he's all comfortable. He's sitting in this massive throne room. He's amassed a bunch of jewels around him. Jasmine is in her sexy bikini look as a slave girl and all this. 
And then the climax is finally when Aladdin gets back, he has to undo this horrible thing. And it's so rad. And the room is big enough and epic enough. And you really feel the space of this palace that Jafar has taken over so that Jafar turns into the big giant snake. And then Aladdin is super tiny, right, in the frame, trying to fight him with a sword. And all this, it feels big and epic. And it feels like a really, like, truly exciting battle scene, a big epic scene. In this live action one... The throne room or wherever it's all taking place. <laughs> it's a patio. A, it's about the size of a studio apartment. Oh, yeah. no. What the f- And, like, oh. no excuse here, team. We have CGI technology. We have, the, you know, the biggest room you can your mind can imagine with technology. Why didn't you imagine it bigger, Guy Ritchie? What, did the actors not want to run around too much and get sweaty? Why is it? <laughs> that small scale and they replace that climax with instead this like carpet chase and the bird gets big and chases him which was neat okay that was that's the only time I like Iago was when he was big yeah it was kind of a neat thing I was, yeah, that was a missed opportunity too like why make Iago just a parrot he was like, like you're literally making just a, lion a little king. bit smarter than a regular parrot you're making the right. lion king in yeah. like a month you can make an animated fucking bird that yeah. talks yes. no one's gonna question it there's no. a genie in your movie yeah yeah so that was my biggest thing is like it felt lazy it was lazily executed and it's no excuse you can't just say like oh well the animated one is different or whatever nope you had 20 years to put this thing together these things live on forever as it was very evident that I got to go home and just rewatch all the clips from the animated Aladdin that still exists mm-hmm. and is great you phoned this one in and it's it shows in the end product and you fucked it up no good I give it a 5.5 out of 10 5.5 6 solid 6 yeah, I'm still on the solid six, though. Yeah. Like, and, I, and my expectations were tempered, and I think that's why. And that's exactly what Art said when he came. Well, out and of the see, theater. this is a thing too: is that you know, as much as people rave about like how the Lion King looks so great, looks so great, it's got a huge cast. I'm like, kind of the same. No, yeah, I'm the. I was more excited for Aladdin than I am the Lion King because the Lion King is just a fucking another animated version. Right. It's mm-hmm. just like different kind of animation. So I don't know. I'm. My expectations are higher for The Lion King. I think that... Who's doing that one? Who's the director? Who's in charge of that? I think it's a lion. A lion. A lion. (laughs) Um, I I still have higher hopes for it, and I'm mad at Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie was a weird choice. Yeah, it was. I mean, he does make good films, and the thing that... like, I I feel like maybe they chose him, because he he does have a lot of movies with really fast cuts in them. Um, Really cool, really fast cut things that are happening. And I thought maybe, okay... Let's do Guy Ritchie because he can do those genie fash cuts that we're gonna right. need. And then he fucking didn't. Mm. And then he was like, "Let's yeah. do a parade." Yeah. Like I don't. I don't know. I gotta say, I didn't mind as much the the changing in the motivations. Jafar's like you know more of like a warmongering general sure. than you know. And I, I didn't mind that. And I also didn't mind uh, Jasmine like what they did to Jasmine's story in more in in terms of like it's not just about her finding a lover. Right. It's about you know. Her wanting to be, you know, the person that takes over yes. and runs Agrabah. It was a very 2019. Yeah, yeah. Giving I, her I, agency. I, it, that was. I, I didn't mind. Great. I definitely didn't mind that, and I, I think because of that, I also didn't really mind the the song, like her solo song at the end. I do agree that it's like it's weird that they turned it into a bit of a dream sequence and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. When that <laughs> happened, I turned to Johnny and I was like, "What? The, did, did she just disappear? Did she? Yeah. Her music? Is the genie <laughs> helping her? Or, yeah." yeah. Is she magic? I thought. Did she just need to sing? Did I thought like, that was weird, though. I think 
I was more just impressed by because like she was the clearly the strongest singer out of oh, all voices, the people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was the only one that when when it would go from talking to singing mm-hmm. that it didn't it didn't feel like it, it felt like it fit. Yeah. yeah. Right? She was the only one that did that. Like even when Aladdin started singing like Riff Raster, it was like, whoa, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> All of a sudden like a voice is singing for you and you're lip syncing the words yeah. is kind of what it felt like. But she was really good. So Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I, I had I don't know, high ish hopes. The stuff that you know we had seen going into it that kind of had tempered your guys expectations i they actually worked on me i was stoked i thought the parade you know scene made sense that's what you would do in real life like you're not going to have Will Smith zipping around and turning into like a but little tiger and they did it, and they did it once and, and I was like well if you're gonna fucking do it once do it the other three times because he turns into the, like the harem lady right oh yeah and Which, I was like why <laughs> like when I rewatched the original animated one before I went in I was like oh that's something they could never ever do is like <laughs> turn Will Smith into a lady and then they did <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it yeah. was hilarious they could have turned him into the goat and the little kid with the sword they fight. totally like, yeah. they, like I, I was just yeah. like oh so this is the one thing you chose like yeah. but that's so why and that's and that's why is like if you would want to expect Jafar to turn into a giant snake and stuff, yes. you should want to expect that same thing from that scene from the from the genie the, mm-hmm. the Prince Ali scene. Yeah, right. It's yeah. just like if they could do one, they should be able to do the other. But it's it almost felt like like uh, we're just gonna temper this down just a little it's bit, right? You know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Slow. Fast, but yeah. So um, didn't want to do him, but the one thing <laughs> don't want to do Aladdin. No. Oh. The, the song but Jafar oh, wouldn't so kick him sorry. out of that one. Mm. I um, would have done everyone in the main casts. They're all very beautiful. I thought. <laughs> I thought the, the Canadian kid who plays Aladdin thought he was great mm-hmm. and very attractive. And Princess Jasmine, what a babe! And Jafar, way too hot. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the <laughs> the Sultan. Want, yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Okay, then that was a great spirited discussion, everyone. I'll, uh, I don't I don't like the number of ratings, but I will give uh, Caleb's rating scale. He gave it a four when we were screaming on the street, and then <laughs> he went home and stewed about he it. He went home and tweeted three point eight. Oh. So somewhere <laughs> on the drive, point two. <laughs> two points got knocked down while he was driving. I can just imagine him sitting there, both hands on the wheel, far, knocking two points off. So that's fair. Wow. Okay. I, wanna, okay. I, I don't know what you were going to move on to, but I feel like we, we've passed this, and I want to talk about it really quick. I want to talk about the slump thing. thing. You are amazing. You fight everything. Thing. Thing. Really That's exactly where I was going oh, next. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're sticking. We're sticking with big screen for one more thing because this Swamp Thing trailer kind of came out of nowhere. It's and not big screen. It's not, not big screen. It's small. Oh, it's DC. It's a TV oh, that's right. This Which is. I I'm sorry. Yeah, it was being canceled. Well, it's not being canceled. It's just we don't have it. It's only in the states. <gasps> So we're not going to get to see this until this lands on Netflix. Yeah, it's oh. been around since 2016 or 2017. Where's it debuting? In the the DC it's de- debuting. Like- so just like Titans, right? Titans debuted on DC Universe, but what like is? DC Ma- Universe it's is like their the streaming, streaming service. service. It's their streaming oh. service. Yeah, I know. Okay. But it's yeah, I know. only available in the states. Wow. Nowhere else is it available. So Titans debuted on DC Universe, and then maybe about four months later, we got it on Netflix. Hmm. How much does it cost per month? 
It costs you, th- way you need too to be expensive. American, American dollars. <laughs> yeah, whatever well, it costs. whatever it costs, it's way too expensive. How ridiculous. She's like, here, you could see Val Kilmer be Batman for as many times as you'd like. Is that what's much. on there? Pretty much like all the DC properties. Fuck Yay! That's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, okay. so Swamp Thing looks... Looks interesting. Swamp Thing does look interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm hyped for Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing uh, is a great graphic graphic novel. Like when you go into like series two of Swamp Thing and Alan Moore gets his hand oh, on it and definitely. he like totally changes uh, the vibe of it. It hmm. is such a good graphic novel. So I, I don't know what version of Swamp Thing they're going with, mm-hmm. but there's been like lots of cool people attached to the Swamp Thing property. Obviously, Alan Moore, Brian K. Vaughn, who did Why the Last Man and Saga, uh, and Mark Miller, who took over Swamp Thing when new- nobody knew who the fuck Mark Miller was. And he does like Kick-Ass and he does two of the best probably Marvel comics, even though it's a DC thing. He did uh, Wolverine, Old Man Logan, and he also did Avengers Civil War. Dang. Like, so there's oh. been lots of like really good names attached to Swamp Thing. Yeah. Um, and it does kind of seem like a weird deep pull for them to be making this, but I, I think it could be good. Yeah, I agree. It's it's probably about the right timing, the right level, you know, for Swamp Thing to be emerging now. It's just there was so much going on in the trailers. There was so... There were a lot of characters. There were a lot of monster type mm. things. There were a lot of big bads. Um, and only right at the very, very end do you see your classic green mm-hmm. Swamp Thing. Who, if you're familiar with the one and only People Mover, this this band of Sasquatches, that that's all I can see now. When I saw that shot right. of, of of Swamp Thing, was a People Mover. Um, oh, were you yeah. engaged in a Twitter back and forth with People Mover? Bob? Uh, Instagram last night, out of nowhere, People Mover uh, here. So the thing about People Mover is they they write in all caps with no vowels. <laughs> yeah. So it's somewhat difficult to read. Uh, let me just find it here. But yeah, out of nowhere, it says, he, which is hey, can we send ye our new record? Which translated means, hey, can we send you our new record? They sent that to you. Yeah, out of no, I have no idea wow. why me That's or great. anything. So yeah, I'm going back and forth. And apparently, okay, Gert, our major will email which is okay, great. Our manager will email. We hope to return to Canada, which is we hope to return to Canada. So, which obviously I replied, ye, I hope to move all your shoes. You know, it's just, it, was, it was a weird thing wow. for me to try and write back in people mover language. Did they slide in your DMs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Out of nowhere. I don't know how or why. Um, I mean, the only our only other activity is um, I mentioned them in one of my stories. Like probably at a rock the last time they were at Rock the Shores or something, yeah. and yeah, so that was great. I'm gonna get People Movers new record soon. Cool and strange. Did you but- take pictures of them? Like, because I remember them at Rock the Shores. I got to interview them. I remember at a Phillips Backyard Weekender. Yeah, I shot Sorry, both of those hyper, shows. Yeah, hyper local for anyone who's listening out of town. But and then Jenny got to bring them up on stage. And there's a great picture. Did you take it of like one oh, where snuck he, up she's behind like her? leaning back? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there were a bunch of photos, like a bunch of the rockographers that took photos of that. But yeah, that was a great moment where she's up there emceeing. And all of a sudden, there's Capo, like, right behind her kind yeah. of thing. Anyway, Swamp Thing. People yeah, I don't know if that <laughs> lent any context to Swamp to Thing. Swamp thing. But Just that you me. like people more. Sorry, bad aside. But, um, yes, I'm intrigued by this trailer because sp- swamps are spooky. 
Swamps are spooky. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking in a swamp, night or day. Spooky. <laughs> it's a spooky place to be. It's a very spooky geography. I was spooked by them. Thanks, Christopher Walken. Wow. Thanks, Christopher. A Christopher wow. Walken slash Bill Cosby impression. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when you're talking about Me Falcons. being spooked is what I'm like when I'm spooked by scary. Sometimes the water's green. Oh, I don't want to drink that water. And That's smoky. Spooky water. Where's the smoke, smoke coming machine. from? Oh, my God. Swamps. Are okay. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get a But when you were talking about Falcons, like weird special power apparently that he could t- talk to birds yeah. I, I literally have written down for people that weren't familiar with swamp thing uh, he's like the Aquaman of plants. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no he's, be- he's better than that. He's better than that. But like, it's, it's but like, to dumb it down. Yeah. yeah, to dumb it down. He he's can talk to plants. plants. I thought you were going to say Swamp Thing's special power is that he can talk to algae. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> now he can make God. himself, like he can build himself like a, a person type thing out of that algae. Like he's like a, a being that exists from the swamps. He can't like kill him. And he's oh. also super environmental. He's the like one, Al Gore. The one brief. <laughs> like Al Gore. You like Al Gore, right? You saw things. Al Gore, who impales people with with vines, like that one shot of that guy. And he's got the huge vine coming through him. Like guy. that's incredible. So he kills like guys who like to pollute and litter box. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, algae spook a squam scare oh me. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, I hype, I hype. So yeah, that's all we know about Swamp Thing. It's uh, coming out. Uh, crap, I didn't write that one down either. I'm sure somebody knows. It's coming out. It's coming out. But not in Canada, just on this DC Universe thing. Uh, what I do want to talk about is uh, finally, we got a freaking magnum opus of a trailer, like an eight or nine minute trailer. Eight oh, minute and 53 seconds. An eight minute and 53 seconds trailer. Thank you, Kirsten James. Hashtag what's the runtime for Death Stranding. Uh, this was initially teased at E3, which is the Electronics Entertainment Expo uh, in 2016. And what we knew is that Norman Reedus, who plays Daryl in The Walking Dead, was the main star, and the guy behind it was Hideo Kojima, who is now of Kojima Productions, but was formerly of, um, oh crap, Capcom? Yeah. yeah and uh, so, huge game guy, and now we have massive trailer with so much going on, so many questions. Still looks really interesting. Coming out in November 8th, 2019 for the PS4. So, Mm -hmm. Kirsten will be able to play it. Yay. Hideo... Kojima. Thank you. You just said it so well that I got nervous and I was like, I'm going to say it so wrong. Typically in Japanese, you put the stress on the first syllable, where us in the West, we tend to put it on the second or last, so it it would look like Hideo, but it's, it's probably Hideo. Hideo Kojima. Anyway. So that guy, um, <laughs> he, he's the guy that did all of the Meta, Meta, Metal Gear Solid games. So that's what you would know him from. But he is like a fucking mindfuck. Like, if you watch this trailer, what the fuck is happening? Like, I had so many friends share it yesterday because this is a huge game. De- Death Stranding, we've been waiting for it forever. Everybody's hype about it just because he is like a, a master of video games and storytelling. Sorry, I need to cut you off for a quick mm-hmm. second. I'm sure a couple people are yelling. Um... Konami, sorry. Konami, Konami not, right. not Capcom. Yes, Konami, of course, good. makers of the up, up, and down, left, left right, left, right, BA, select, start, uh, Konami code. Keep going. <laughs> he, anyway, he is like a, a genius, and everyone's really been looking forward to another game from him. And this fucking trailer, did you watch it? 
Yeah. What is even <laughs> happening? It is so fucking. So much they is used, happening. They used uh, Mo Capture, which is awesome. So Norman Reedus looks like Norman Reedus. We got um, Guillermo del Toro is in it. Um, probably just did, probably, yeah, probably just cameo for Guillermo yeah. del Toro. So it looks awesome. They showed the gameplay, which looks phenomenal. I don't know what the fuck is going on in this movie or in this movie in this video game. Well, it's, it's a video world. game like a movie. It's an open world uh, third person action game. Super hype. Um, they have also released since they released this trailer. You can get in and buy the special edition if you'd like. The special edition comes with a life-size pod baby. Oh no! So did you see at the end? Where, okay, like, so one they, like yeah. they like uh, attach themselves into these like pods. They're kind of like Matrix pods, but instead of like a person, there's like a fucking like gestational baby. Yeah, but it's, it's like uh, it's alert. It's like a front-facing marsupial knapsack with a baby in the liquid. Yeah, they call it a bridge baby. Yeah, and this will help you bridge between the world. I'm not sure like the worlds down. or there's life like and an death. Down. Yeah, it's very upside down. And, but the baby is like um, totally like it's not sleeping. Like it would be in the womb. It's like controlled. No, the baby's aware. On. It's like, Whoa. fuck, it's going to be, this game is going to be crazy. Yeah, you're like, going into war with a baby strapped to your chest. Like Krang yeah. from Ninja Turtles. It is like yeah. Krang from Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting things that I found out about this game, too, because I was like, Death Stranding? What the, what is that? It comes from Cetacean Stranding. Thank you. What? Oh, sorry. That was, I'm sorry. That's what you were going to say. Yes. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. But I didn't know the word cretation. So cretation. Cretation. So cretation. Yeah. Say my words. Sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Um, so that's when like whales go and beach themselves, but like nobody knows, right? There's a, a lot of guesses to why whales go and dolphins and whatever cretations yep. go and beach themselves. Oh. So this whole like death stranding, that's where that word comes from, and I think it's going to be a post-apocalyptic world where perhaps humans are doing this, maybe. But beaching themselves onto, what, the afterlife or something? Probably different yeah. worlds, it would seem, yeah. In like dimensions? Yeah. Mm. Oh, neat. Could be, you know, like, if you think about living in a society like that, if you, if you have access to, the, to these other worlds, and maybe going to them will kill you, maybe that's something that certain people in certain aspects of their life would do. It's oh, just an easy out kind of thing. That's maybe. what whales I, are doing? It's complete speculation. Mm-hmm. Whales are like, oh, that looks like a fun to play at beach volleyball. I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> What is this voice? Oh my god! thing. But I also like it's weird that November is like the fuck your wallet. It's November for video <laughs> games, whereas we have like April for movies. Yes, because we have this movie and then we have uh, a movie. Keep on going. They're like movies, and then there's this Star Wars Fallen Order one coming out like the week later. So I don't know how wallet time well holidays man and that's only two like i have a feeling last of us 2 is also going to be announced because last of us 2 was announced at e3 in 2016 as well and we don't have a release date on that so i could see it well this june 10th mm-hmm. at 6 p.m uh square enix is going to have their thing at e3 2019 i bet you anything and square enix square enix is a is the company uh, behind final fantasy um uh, Dragon Quest, Kingdom Hearts, and Kingdom Hearts is a weird mashup between Final Fantasy and Disney. It's huh. really, it's really cool. Yeah. But yeah, so big, huge properties. They they are behind the Avengers game, and this is you may have heard it previously re- referenced as the Avengers Project. It's just going to be called Marvel's Avengers, and they're going to have their full oh, release details right. in June, which means probably another Christmas release. Mm-hmm. That's I don't know. I guess it's just November. That's when these video games come out, which also yep. pisses me off because. I want to buy the video game for myself in November, but like then I also want to be like, this is what I want for people. What do you want for Christmas? And I want that video game, but I don't want to wait two months. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> to yeah. ask for it. Anyway, this is greedy, Kirsten. Video game. <laughs> yeah, but do what you want. Don't let stupid capitalism and that tell you what to do. Buy hey, it what um, I want. Yeah. Um, okay. So to go back to to that voice cast on Death Stranding, there Norman Reedus, Mads Mikkelsen, like some really big name good actors, mm-hmm. and it does look really good. I'll say too to have their faces in it. At first, I was like, you know, what? this kind of chaps me because to bring it full circle back to Aladdin, I also saw a thing this week about how. Robin Williams being cast as the genie was really what blew the doors open to um, uh, famous people yeah. or established actors or names voicing your animated features rather than what was previous. These were like dedicated voice actors who only did voice. Yeah, journeyman voice actors mm-hmm. that came to do this kind of thing. Right. And so like, you know, the guy who voiced Baloo who also voiced every other bear, you know, like <laughs> right, like that type of thing. Um and so, so this is kind of the first time, and maybe you guys can correct me, that I'm seeing big name actors on a video game. And so, part of me wants to like stick up for those little guy journeyman video game voice actors. And the other, oh, maybe actually, um, uh, now I'm thinking about it. Mark Hamill definitely played the Joker in the last Batman video game, right? Oh, or Mark Hamill's Arkham played the Asylum. Joker for years. Mark in Hamill, video games. yeah. See, Mark Hamill did a, what what I consider a proper split. You know, he had he had the 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 childhood stardom of being Luke Skywalker, right. uh, and then there were some movie roles, but he really embraced voice acting. Yeah. But it's because he's such a great actor. Mm-hmm. And on this, like Lindsay Wagner, the Bionic Woman, is in this. I think I based on what role hers is. I think it's uh, pretty cameo-ish. But another name that is in here that probably most people wouldn't know is Troy Baker. Now, Troy Baker is one of these journeyman voice actors only for video games. He te- he's, like, I'm sure he's done animation and, and other things and probably um, you know, on camera acting, but what I know him most from is acting in video games. So there is, there is a bit of a mix in here as well, right. but yeah, there's definitely a lot of star power behind this in the voice so cast. So, is Troy Baker on these guys, are they good? Because generally when I see video games and cutscenes and the voice acting that goes into video games, I'm like, wow, this is trash. And admittedly, I don't play a ton of video games, but like, if I'm watching someone else play one, or I'm watching the scene where they pet the dog in that Twitter thing, does it pet the dog, or can <laughs> you pet the dog? I'm always like, this is the worst, some of the worst voice acting I've ever heard. This is trash. So whereas Norman Reedus in this, and Mads Mikkelsen, they sounded good. They might make me, their level of talent as actors and even voice actors might make me want to stick around through a fucking eight minute long cutscene or trailer. Mm-hmm. This is definitely not the first time that they've had huge actors like this in video games. Like there's this one, it, it, it is more of a recent thing, um, but like there's this game Until Dawn and it had Hayden Panettiere and oh, yeah, a bunch man. of other people in it. Um, Was she Save the Cheerleader, Save the World? Was that? Yes. Yeah. Um, also um, the... Um, the one that I was talking about the other day that you've played, and it has um, fuck. This is why I write things down. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Remember the one like it's like playing a movie. Oh, like Heavy Rain. Yeah, but the other one. Um. Oh yeah, Beyond Two Souls. Beyond Two Souls. Ellen Page. And I had Ellen there Page and um the Green oh, Goblin. Oh, Willem, Willem Dafoe. Dafoe yeah. It. Right. So it's not a new thing, um, but definitely the the actors that. It's a new thing for video games to have voice actors that are good. And no, you don't necessarily have to pull in these big names. Like, I think they could have pulled any other voice actor. You didn't need it to be Norman Reedus. But Norman Reedus is such a big name right now. I kind of, some people will go play it because of that. Um, But yeah, no, it it is a very big, important thing now with these games with huge stories in them. Like, you don't want a shitty voice acting behind it. 
talk to any of your um, A-list celebrity friends who have also done video game acting, and they will tell you how much they respect these these journeyman voice actors, especially in a video game. Like, animation is one thing. You're sitting far on the floor, you're reading the script, uh, it's great, you, and, and um, the, 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 your voice actors, your pure voice actors, can do just a wide range of voices, and they're not meant to sound like themselves. Where in many cases, DreamWorks, you're, the, the on-camera actors are brought in to sound like themselves. Mm-hmm. But you talk to anyone who has tried both on-camera and then tried this video game thing, the scripts for video mm-hmm. games are massive, yeah. because you have to act out, you have to voice act all all the branching possibilities and you probably go in there one day and you do 10 hours of efforts which is like the sounds when you're running or when you're getting hit or when you're falling and no let's have it sound like your left arm is being chopped off instead of your right mm-hmm. and all this stuff can really rat you so oh, this yeah. the discipline of game voice acting as opposed to um, uh, like animation voice acting I think is a whole whole different level and I hugely respect them and like Troy Baker for instance played Booker DeWitt in a game called Bioshock Infinite which which was just, oh, I love this game. Fantastic game. And he and the lady he played against were, they, they sunk it for me. They made, they made the game for me. I, it would have been useless to not have them in there and to just play them with captions. Like, they really, they really captured their performances. I, and they're doing this, sorry, they're doing this with head rigs that, you know, with the lights and the microphones so their voices are captured, and then their face uh, can be mocapped onto their characters. Yeah, yeah onto their characters as And well. that's exactly what I was going to say, is that I think the reason we're seeing more of these famous actors coming in and doing the voice acting on video games is because mo-capture has mm-hmm. become such a thing in video games. So it's almost like mm-hmm. going from silent movies to talkies, where, like, you realize mm-hmm. All these actors you loved had terrible voices and could not talk. Um, it's like it's like that with a lot of the voice actors. Like, great, they can voice act, but their face and their emotive expression. And that's where it's like the the one video game that really got me with their main character was Splinter Cell and Sam Fisher. And I really loved his voice, but they never really ever got motion capture mm-hmm. for his face. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of hear it in the acting as well that like there's a big difference when they're really just in front of a microphone. And they're, you know, just really speaking their lines. Yeah. But because he had such a dynamic voice, it just really worked. And like he was he was Sam Fisher up until whatever the new the latest Splinter Cell was. The latest Splinter Cell game, they changed the actor and it's so jarring. Mm. Like when I first played that game, I was like, oh, that's very interesting that they would choose to change this guy. But <laughs> yeah. I think it was like they picked a, a better known voice or a better known actor. To, to just and they just re- sort of recast it. Um, you just made me think, Kirsten, that I wish there was podcasts around when they did go from silent movies to talkies, and it would have been like, I don't care for this listening at all. <laughs> 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 I prefer to read. What is this? What is this other sense I need to use? <laughs> yeah. We should probably wrap um, or get close to it. I I'd like to. We got an email. We got an email to geek out at the zone.fm. I'd like to read this. It says, Hello, Brian, Art, Paul, Kirsten, and Bud. My name is Josh Cully, and I am the organizer of Van Isle Comic Con. We are a third-year, one-day event in beautiful Sydney-by-the-Sea. The event will be held at the Mary Winspear Center on Sunday, June 9th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. I would like to see if the Geek Out podcast would be interested in supporting Van Isle Comic Con. We are only two weeks away and trying to get as much support from the community as possible to get the word out about the show. We've got a fantastic gear set with our keynote speaker being one of the animators who worked on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Cool. Mm. Two Blue Rangers from the Power Rangers franchise. Together? <laughs> yes, together. 
a cast member from One Tree Hill, four creators who have worked behind the scenes of TV and film on projects such as Deadpool 2, Netflix's Sabrina, and much more. We've got an amazing cosplay contest that closes out the show, a games room, and over 75 exhibitors. All of this is by donation, so we're looking for as much support as we can to make this our best year yet. I believe our event is something you have uh, heard of, but uh, would be interested in if you hadn't. Please let me know what you think, and I look forward to speaking with you further. All the best, Josh Cully, Vancouver Island Comic Con. Nah, I don't think we'll talk about that. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, coming up in a couple Sundays, I'm going to go, going to bring my kid. Should be interesting. Yeah, again, third year they're doing this. Neat. So is one of the Blue Rangers, one of the Blue Rangers you mentioned, that's Billy? Is it the original one? The OG, OG Blue Ranger? Oh, no, let me find out. (laughs) She'd get both Pink Rangers. Fight, fight, fight. Jasmine and Amy Jo Johnson. <laughs> you knew her name, too. I'm so impressed. What, Caleb. Amy Jo Johnson? Yeah, but oh, Caleb wow. also just pulled those names out of yeah. nowhere. Uh, uh, Amy Jo Johnson holds a special place. Amy, in, Amy, uh, Amy Jo Johnson. Amy, what did I say? Jamie. <laughs> Jamie Jo Johnson holds a special place for boys of a certain age. So if you know yeah. where we can get yeah. a pink... Ranger flashlight. Oh, stop! Cursing! Wow! No! I'm gonna get us a free flashlight one of these days, you guys, and you're gonna have to share it. Okay, would you stop (laughs) talking? It'll have it'll have a like a pterodactyl logo (laughs) on it. Oh my god! (laughs) Pterodactyl. No, Blake Foster is uh, one of the Blue Rangers from uh, uh, Power Rangers Turbo. Cool. And it looks like this other one is Michael Copan. Michael Copan. I'm not sure. Power Rangers Turbo. So he was the kid. He was the kid Blue Ranger. He like in Power Rangers Turbo, like the movie. Or is it like the TV show? Uh, it says. I remember when there like a Power Rangers Turbo now? movie, and then they were like they introduced like a kid was a Power Ranger. Well, look at him now. It could he could have been yeah, the kid. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> look at him now. <laughs> anyway, I also just wanted to give a quick uh, mailbag shout out because Paul was actually talking a little bit earlier about um, how far away are people listening, or I don't know. You said something about that. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to give a shout out uh, to a listener in Scotland, Jill, who was actually the one that gave us our Game of Thrones Deadpool. So it is Jill. Fault that we now owe Brian lunch. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Shout out, Jill. <laughs> and I'm sure that she loved our terrible Scottish accents that we did a little bit earlier when we were talking about uh, the wee toasties or whatever. Wee toasties. Uh, and then I, and Andy, uh, who is listening from New Zealand, Andy works for AJ Hackett. Um, he drives buses for them. Such a cool guy. Lent me so many comics when I lived down in New Zealand and introduced me uh, to so many of the things that we're talking about. So both of them uh, messaged me. So it's really cool to have people listening in Scotland, New Zealand, traveling across Canada. Thank you so much uh, for everybody that's, by the way, rate, reviewed, and subscribed yeah. to our podcast. We have a new, um, I'm not going to read it because we're out of time, but um, we have a new um, review on iTunes. So thank you. Maybe Neat. we'll read it next week. We'll read week. it next week. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. That's so good. And it's so cool to hear, like, you know, we cross, we transcend borders. That's cool. That's really la, la, la. Nice. And Thanks it's for great listening, that we everyone. Talked. Yeah. Yay. Well, Kirsten James, where can we find you on the oh, internet? Oh, wait, wait, wait. You oh, know no, what? No, before no. we do wait, that, wait, before wait. we sign off, uh, <clears> we <throat> should um, play a promo spot um, for uh, another podcast that's in the Zone <laughs> Podcast family. And I will say, the promo spot that we're going to hear is the one for Between the Stammers because in their latest episode of Between the Stammers, which is your unofficial Canucks podcast that talks <laughs> about Canucks hockey, uh-huh. Caleb Kirby takes a minute to shit on Aladdin. Oh, well, there's <laughs> So Caleb and, Caleb and Art start talking about Aladdin in Between the Stammers. This is what Between the Stammers is. Hey, do you like hockey? Art, I'm talking to you. Do you like hockey? I kind of like hockey. Yeah, I kind of like it too. I also really, really like the Vancouver Canucks, even though they're going through a bit of a rough patch right now. Yeah, they suck. This 
on old time hockey. You're ruining it. I don't know if that's a nice thing to say, Art. We're trying to get people to listen to our podcast about the Canucks. Well, the thing about our podcast is it's awesome because the Canucks suck. It's fucking embarrassing. Well, it's just awesome regardless. So why don't you give it a listen? Mm-hmm. Where can we find it? iTunes, Podbean, Between the Stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Boom. Listen. Perfect tie-in. That's great. Well, yes, go listen to that and listen to Chris and James on the Weekend Zone. Where can we find you on the internet? I'm on the internet. Send me nice messages to me. From New Zealand <laughs> and Scotland and, Scotland oh, and other foreign places. The worst the worst plug of where to find her, and she's getting pl- plugs from all over around the world. Right. Must be nice. At Art Aronson on Twitter and Between the Stammers, wherever you found this fine podcast, is what Art would say. He said he might join us if he came in late, but it's it's uh, it's one thirty, so he hasn't... Ju- no, okay. Come Here's back, Art. next week. Polly. I'm Paul Lucino, and uh, you know what I want to use my goodbye to say is uh, uh, as long as you're supporting things around town, um, Cherry Bomb Toys, which is downtown and uh, owned by a couple of friends of mine who are just really, really nice people and doing, you know, awesome work down there with the toy museum that exists above them and uh, the store itself is amazing and a really bright spot in our downtown here in Victoria and then there was uh, a fire yeah they were smoked out by all the herpes smoke that came in from the <laughs> plaza <laughs> hey you know anyone who breathed that in got like toxic airborne herpes so there right? is a sign up that says air quality low avoid area that's right yeah. and then if, you I was like, if you're not from Victoria it was a strip club that burned down that's yeah. why there's I was herpes. like it smells like burnt Burning wood and body butter. Oh, hey, let's not shame strippers. It was also a very seedy hotel, and <laughs> people true, who stay yeah. in hotels have herpes too. So um, <laughs> their whole store got really smoked out because they're like right behind it, and it's uh, going to be a little bit of a remediation. So if you can, there are different places and initiatives around town to help them out. I noticed that like Empire Donuts. Um, has like a fishbowl out for money taking donations. That's cool. So so do what you can. They're really great and and uh, I love them. Cherry bomb. I'm uh, Boitano nine one three on Twitter and Instagram. DJ Boitano on Facebook is where you can find me there. And I'm Webmeister Buzz on all socials. Thanks for listening. This has been the Geek Out Podcast. Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of the Zone at ninety one three. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.